Hello, welcome back to the Granite Zero podcast. Before we kick off this podcast, quick shout out to Kent CBD, the sponsor of the Granite Zero podcast. Now, as you know, CBD helps with everything. I use it for my aches and pains in my muscles and joints using the CBD muscle rub, but I also use drops to the drops of oil to help with my depression and my anxiety. I take it before I do any podcast, take a little couple of drops, helps chill me out. But what I'm going to do for you guys is give you 10% off. Go to the promo code at checkout and put in granite zero at checkout to get 10% off. Now, my guest today is a future international rugby player. Not only that, she's a mental health advocate, suffers herself with depression and anxiety, and we talk a lot about how to deal with it and get through it. So without further ado, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast, Amy Humphreys. Check it out. that before there we are there we are we we did it amy welcome to the grand zero podcast thank you very much for your time thank you thanks for having me that's always my always my privilege and my honor to have guests on because as a lot of people know i started the podcast literally talking to myself for about 45 minutes the amount (laughs) of people have said how'd you do that it's like I just like hearing my own voice most of the time, so it's easy. Yeah, doesn't everyone do that? Talk to themselves all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, especially in the car. Shouting yeah. at people. Shouting <laughs> at people. But straight into it. Rugby with Amy, isn't it? Rugby with Amy, that's me. <laughs> spot on, spot on. What got you into rugby? Good question. I think that's a good place to start, isn't it? a good place it? to start, especially so... your handle being rugby with Amy. Literally, yeah, including the title. So um, so I actually got exposed to rugby a little bit. There was a county tournament at school, which was quite rare because for young women, there's not usually these sort of opportunities at school. So um, it wasn't part of like your PE lessons or anything like that. It was like a little tournament that was going on. Um, so I just had a go at that, picked up the rugby ball and I just remembered it was like, pouring down with rain and it was just like proper sludgy like mud and I just loved it I was in my element yeah like I was always such a tomboy um had a lot of energy struggled to focus and struggled to like 
yeah, keep my head down or out of trouble. So this was something for me that got my head focused and it made me release my energy. And then I was also into gymnastics growing up. I did uh, regional gymnastics growing up as well. So I sort of loved when I did a sport, I had to try and compete and I had to try and get to yeah. a good level. I, I know exactly um, where you're coming from with that. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, I, if I'm playing a sport, I, I don't play it. I almost said I don't play it for fun, but I do play it for fun. But if I don't yeah. uh, compete at the best level that I can, I don't exactly. enjoy it as much. I have to push myself. And if I feel like I can't connect, I will just think, right, next. I'm moving yeah, on, next, next thing. Like, I can't I can't just sort of do things um, just to keep me busy or to pass time. I have to do it wholeheartedly. So I'm quite a zero to 100 person, all or nothing. Um, and then I stopped I stopped rugby for a little while, mainly because there wasn't many opportunities mm. for girls at that time in my area. So I was kind of almost forced to stop. Um, and then when I was like 17, I found a local club again and just got the passion back, really. Um, and just decided this is what I'm going to work at. And this is going to be my That's my awesome. main thing, really. Yeah. Awesome. It was quite, it's quite a new thing for, for, for me um, growing up in like I said before in the opening chat I'm from Hereford and um the school that I went to was a rugby school it wasn't a football school in fact we didn't even have a football we didn't have a football team which was unheard of in our county let me know where that is though (laughs) yeah it's all changed now it's all changed I spoke to my niece um and she was like no they've got a football team now they they predominantly football I was like that's a shame yeah we were known as a Woodard school which was we literally just rugby like we we were the only uh, comprehensive school that would take on all the private schools. Like yeah. um, <laughs> uh, I think it's not St Paul's, St Peter's in uh, Colston's. Mm. All those, yeah, all Bedford, the big schools. Bedford's one of mine near me. They yeah. always. Well, yeah. And we would we would take them. We would take them on. We would we literally would. We in fact even in our county we wouldn't even put our first team out against the local teams because it wasn't yeah. fair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> apart, from, apart from the private school, which was uh, Hereford Cathedral School, because they had a very good rugby team and it was a bit of a local rivalry sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. But, um, <laughs> for, for us, I think it was year 11. So my, my year 11, that's when they first introduced girls rugby into mm. our school, which would have been yeah. back in 2003. Mm. And coming out of our school, I believe... Um, we actually have a World Cup winner now with um, Laura Keats, who, I play, who plays for, I think it was Worcester, Worcester Warriors and obviously England. But even then, I, I was shocked because I saw that they won it. I didn't even know they were playing in the World Cup. I didn't even know there was a woman's, as, as sexist as yeah. that sounds. Yeah, I, was yeah. like, I didn't realise that you guys were at that sort of level to have. Like, yeah, you have coverage. to really look for it. You have to really look for women's sport, which is something that we're trying to change um it should be more accessible so I totally agree I totally yeah. agree there's a, obviously it's a bit of a sticky subject with obviously with certain men as well mm. um when it comes with equal pay equal opportunities and stuff like that and I'm like well I can see both sides mm. if you guys are getting in the crowds that the, the male sport does sure get paid that level but also mm. you're not getting the opportunity to draw those crowds in that's it that's yeah. the big thing if you market 
it's, then you'll that's go, it. it's what, yeah. what's being pushed out there and what's being advertised more um you know what are the media focusing on and it's usually not the women's side of things which I think um it's quite you know I went to a launch the other week of a documentary called No Woman No Try which that's is coming out on the, on the 25th and um I just encourage anyone to go and watch that because it sums up um like the female um not even just the rugby industry but as being like professional athletes the yeah. challenges and a lot of female athletes are having to have like your regular jobs at the same time so people are like coming to training after an eight-hour shift as a nurse or and then they're heading to training and then they're trying to compete and fit everything in so you do get a lot more challenges and I think it's coming along like it's come a long way and it's still got to come a long way but yeah. progress is being made you could, definitely, now see, more than ever. You could yeah. definitely see the change yeah even even in terms of watching on the telly i'm gonna speak more on a football background on this because i'm more of a football person than i am rugby which is unfortunate because i was actually better at rugby than i was at football <laughs> but i always i've said this a few times I was be- I was a better sportsman at rugby and at basketball, even though I'm only five foot six. I'm just a midget. But I was better, <laughs> but I my heart always lied with football, even though I wasn't as good. So I was always like, "Do you, do you want to go and do basketball practice or or rugby practice?" And it's like, "Well, I've got I've got football practice." So yeah, yeah. But I knew in my head that I'm not going to get any better at football. But it's like, I love it. But you loved it, yeah. It was a pain. It was a pain. My old man was my old man was telling me he was like you're concentrate on rugby you can get you can go better at rugby or you can go better at football at basketball yeah. sorry but yeah. it is what it is but yeah even looking now at, at football punditry there's so many more women presenters pundits even on talk sport yeah. presenters etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's it is refreshing yeah. it is but it's been a long time coming and I think behind that is um a lot of like fight and we've had to really push to get to that point but I do feel like yeah now more than ever the movement there's been a big shift and I think everyone um that is either a creator in the women's industry um or a player we have noticed that brands are starting to clock like okay actually this is this is the big focus at the moment and this is part of a movement and I almost feel like some things we're doing are real parts of history you know we're changing we're changing the fact that they're using um female models for rugby clothes but they're using male rugby players to model the clothes and things like that you know women um, wearing men's kit that got changed and things are starting to change and people are starting to sort of basically say like we're not going to put up with this shit anymore and we're going to start to like you know fight back and I think we have started seeing a massive shift at the moment and I think it's just the start it's going to get a lot better so it's exciting for people like me it's really exciting yeah it's a, it's a good time to be in and as a as a father of two daughters it, it's good to see that there is that shift yeah because it doesn't just reflect sport it just reflects everything in general um, and it gives people some role models and think okay I can I can achieve that and I think something that was mentioned that no woman no try was um, there was a young girl that would uh, watch football a a lot and she really like wanted to be um, have football as her job and she said to her dad um, she said like he said what do you want to be when you're old and she said oh I want to be like a footballer's uh, wife 
because she thought that was the only way she could yeah, have yeah. Like, uh, a well, link to football. And he was like, no, you can be a footballer. Like, you can actually be the athlete yeah. yourself. And for her, that wasn't, like, comprehensive. Like, she didn't think about that because there wasn't those role models. But I think now you're starting to see it. There's so many now. People starting so to many. think, okay, I can, yeah, I can do it myself, so. Yeah, I, I've got a, a sort of an example of that happened last night with, with me. So my... um. My daughters went out for a sleepover and one of them came mm. back because she suffers quite badly with anxiety. Mm. Um, she's going through the stress of her um, SATs exam. She's in year six. School oh, of SATs yeah. building up and this anxiety has taken hold and it's, it is a struggle. I've tried all these different techniques that I know personally how to deal with it. Some of them are working, jotting down in a journal, mm. actually talking. Because I, I, I suffer quite yeah. badly with my mental health and I found that if I didn't talk or do the podcast, I was a nightmare. Mm. Part of my French, but I was a bit of a cunt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she came home and I was watching the UFC and um, it, it all just finished. She got a bit nervous watching it. She was like, why is that man trying to break that other man's arm off and stuff like that? Mm. Like, well, it is. But afterwards, there was a documentary on Molly McCann, Meatball Molly. Mm. And she was talking about her anxiety after she lost a fight where she got put to sleep. Wow. Saying, yeah. this, this is how I, she, li she literally got choked out to sleep and she didn't know what happened. And then she was getting anxious about going to sleep because she thought the lady was trying to choke her out to go to sleep. Yeah. Anyway, she mm. was talking about her anxiety and she was like, daddy, what? She's talking about her anxiety. I went, I, you know what? I was like, some of the strongest people in the world have anxiety. And I was like, and this lady is a pioneer now of women's sport, mixed martial arts. Mm. She's a she's a voice for for the LBGTQI. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Jesus, <laughs> there's a lot of letters in that. I know, yeah. And, um, and then things like that. And I was telling her how much of a role model that she is, as well as all these other female athletes. And she's like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, cool. Because she's a budding gymnast herself. She's trying her hardest at gymnastics. Trying yeah. to get her to do any other sport is not not working, and me being that was myself, me, but things changed. <laughs> yeah, me being me, I'm I'm very sports orientated. Like, yeah, in in an educational sense, if it wasn't sports science or sports education, PE or anything like that, I wasn't really interested. Yeah, um, absolutely, I was the same. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to tell her last night. I was like, look, no, I've, I've I'm all right. Got a nice house. Yeah. Do you know what? That's it. Now I think like people are are going more on actions and things like that. Um, then actually this is what it says I can do because you actually have to be able to achieve that and do those things. Um, and I'm I was like that at school. I really struggled. Um, I probably had I had quite a traumatic time at school and it did affect me. Like um, your daughter, I had extreme anxiety that started from a lot of bullying and things like that at school and sport was like my outlet and yeah. because I was good at it it was like people respected me and that was the only time that people wanted to hang out with me and wanted to be my friend and so I kind of got like oh if that's what people want I need to do that and do that but it's sort of that that change where you're like actually I'm doing this because I love it and I'm doing it for yeah, me yeah. and people yeah you know people have a lot of time for for you when you start start doing all of that but it's a shame that that sort of has to be the thing that makes people yeah, then like you but um, I know exactly yeah, where you're coming from with that I know exactly yeah. I was the same I was uh, especially at primary school I 
<laughs> I, I was an easy target. I always say, I always say this. I was an easy target. I'm short. At the time, I was very skinny. I had big ears. Still have big ears, but whatever. My <laughs> teeth were too big for my mouth. They stuck out. I was an easy target for bullies, and I had very low confidence until mm. I was on a sports pitch playing. Even at P, uh, even at uh, primary school, we had a rugby team. So even playing rugby mm. at, at primary school, football, basketball, I was the youngest player to play in the Herefordshire League at the age of twelve uh, in yeah. Hereford, and I was like, I was confident and I was good at it. So I was like, I'm the man. Yeah. Basketball in basketball terms, I, I came across very arrogant because I was so comfortable with how I played. I came across as I'm better than you. And I'm going to prove it, even if I am only five foot six. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and my old man used to always say to me, he used to always say, why don't you take your confidence from sport into actual yeah. real life? Yeah. Like back as a kid, I wouldn't be able to have done this. Have yeah. a conversation with someone I've never met. Yeah. Even, even, in, even in terms of, even now sometimes, even though I'm a, a, a site manager, if my phone rings, I look at it and go, don't really want to answer that phone anxiety is a real I'll, thing i'll just like <laughs> leave it and then send a text you know yeah, why are you phoning like... me who phones these days i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah the anxiety of the ringtone is is a real thing <laughs> yeah so, so you you said that you you struggled at, at school with with certain things bullying and and whatnot did, did that then lead to certain mental health issues in terms of like like you said anxiety or did it go further than that yeah, like I speak quite openly about my mental health and I think it's so you the should, best thing the to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like talking helps. I think if anyone is struggling, like you just have to talk, just start by talking and it, it's helped me massively. But um, so that was definitely the start for me at school um, where I didn't fit in and I always wanted to fit in and it was like social anxiety. Um, and then that led really to me not coming out my house because I was so scared of these particular girls actually at the time um I got death threats I got people waiting for me to beat me up I got people hacking like this is it's just I feel like girls as well can be worse in this sense than guys yeah, I've, I've said um, this I've said this yeah. to uh to my missus and and the kids well not so much the kids even though yeah. we're quite open in the house but um I've always said boys are different in terms of bullying because mainly it's physical and then they're done. And yeah. then it's done. Where <laughs> yeah. girls will just girls keep going. Very nasty and very spiteful. And it and yeah, it can stay with you for a long time. So yeah, I had this real fear of bumping into these people and going out that I ended up um, pretty much staying in as much as possible. And I used to think if I was asleep, I wouldn't be feeling much and the days would go quicker and so I just slept and and did like just avoided things as much as possible so that led to then a depression at the time as well yeah. um and then I kind of realized I had a a bit more of an issue when um I was at home and I didn't even want to go to sleep that day or didn't even want to be on my own at all because I was so scared of what I might do because I I was I didn't trust myself at that point I realized I was not in control anymore and that a certain feeling could overpower me and take control of you yeah. know even if I consider I've got an amazing family like I've got you know great support system and stuff like that as soon as I felt that sort of doom nothing yeah. mattered I couldn't see out of that it was like a mist so I had to get my mum bear in mind I was probably like 
19, 18 to sleep in my room <laughs> because I was that scared um, of like what I would do. So that was when I was like, okay, I need to get help about this. And I got put on medication. I was then on medication for about four and a half years. And I will say it did help me at the time and it was what I needed. And I'm not like anti-medication. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think I think me and you were very similar on, on this particular subject. Okay. I'll let yeah. you carry on. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely helped me at the time because it numbed everything down and actually that was what it's like, I needed. It's like listening so, to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it like numbed everything down so everything wasn't so scary and, um, you know, I could do life to the minimum. That was yep. what it gave me. You know, it gave me, okay, I can function in society kind of thing, just about. Um, and then I was able to get a job and I was able to do all these things. But people, if they were to describe me, it wouldn't even sound like Amy, you know what I mean? They would describe yeah. me as just someone that fits in, cracks on and does this and does that. But I know that I'm quite a bubbly personality. I'm very outgoing. I'm such a people person. But that really numbed me down at that time to the point where I feel like it helped, but it, I lost my personality as well in that time. So then, and then I remembered like we're four years in and I, I just stopped feeling like, I was taking it for the sake of routine in the end. And I was taking it maybe for like the placebo effect that yeah. this tablet will stop this. And it was, it was very focused on that fixing the problem when actually I realized I'd learned to just cope and I've learned, but not even cope. Like I've learned to be fine without it. And yep. it was just sort of something I ended up doing. So I actually um, had a job and my manager at the time was a life coach and I like will sing his praises. Um, he's called Martin Dawes and he has a book out now as well called Managing the Overwhelmed Love Manager, it. it's called. <laughs> yeah, but he so he's just a great guy. But he um he sat me down and he was just like, um, what is making you anxious? Like, where is that coming from? And then I was just like, Oh, I'm just an anxious person, it's just part of my personality. He said, You weren't born with anxiety. No, no one, you know, no one actually said, like, this is just part of you. It's something you've learned and it's developed from somewhere. Um, and then he basically was like, You're almost keeping yourself anxious and you're keeping yourself depressed. And that really pissed me off at the time because I was like, How dare you say I'm doing this yeah, to yeah. myself? how dare you say I'm in control um and I said to him if I could control it I would and he said well you can start now then because you can like you can control it yeah. and it was one of those things where I was like that doesn't fit right with me but then I was also like but technically I am the only person that can yeah, do anything yeah. I got it somehow so I can get rid of it somehow as well and then um yeah it was like he just sort of explained the process of what thoughts are and that that's what really sort of changed my mindset um so he basically was just saying you could think of anything right now you could think of um a pot like a million pounds on your sofa and you could like imagine oh god that's amazing like I wouldn't have to pay this anymore yeah. um you know I could probably join a better gym now and I could probably buy my mum this car and you could start to feel the emotions of a thought that isn't real and a thought that isn't there and yeah. um, so he was like anxiety is a thought uh, that isn't real it's it's a lie it's nothing truth about it it's just there but as soon as you give that anxiety 
like emotion and meaning then it becomes real so the main quote that he said to me was like you can feel anxious but you don't have to become anxious Mm -hmm. and it was like you're deciding to give that meaning you're decided to apply that to your life and so I started to sort of live and every time I got that feeling of anxiety I was like that's just as as much of a thought as that million pound on my sofa yeah exactly and I can choose to give that meaning and you know you know talk to myself with it or I can choose to go okay what's the next thought going to be because they're all the same you know I I try I try and say things to because well we use my daughter as an example because her anxiety is ridiculous and I've got to try and stop myself telling her that that's ridiculous what you're saying because I know what it's like and yeah my wife knows what it's like we both have different anxieties and Mm -hmm. as does everybody in the world I think yeah good Um, we need it (laughs) well yeah um but with 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 Jess we try and um I go I go through the the training that I went through so like, like yourself um I was on antidepressants and I had it in my head that I didn't want to be reliant on a little white pill to get me through the day. So I was always in the mindset, I'm going to get off these. Mm-hmm. I went okay. the wrong route and just went cold turkey like an idiot. But, Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I was on them, similar to you, I, I, I was numb. I wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wasn't Sean. I wasn't Tomo. I wasn't anyone. I was just a bloke going through life at the time exactly, I was still doing yeah. the podcast at the time but I, I just didn't feel myself and mm. I said to I said to the missus I want to get off these she was like well can we talk about it a bit more because when you're off them you're a nightmare and at the minute <laughs> you're all right and I'm like well I'm not all right because I can't feel anything yeah I'm, I'm not getting angry which isn't a bad thing but sometimes I need a bit of anger in my life when I'm not angry, emotions, I'm not yeah. sad, I'm not happy, I'm mm-hmm. just meh. And I went, I want to be angry, I want to get upset, I want to I want to cry, I want to, as, as men don't cry, yeah they do, we all do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was just plodding through and I needed to get off them. 100%. Yeah. You, yeah, your emotions, you need to feel them and actually that was something that I resented and avoided before. And then after four years of medication, when I come off, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I can feel nervous before I go to a match and that's fine because that's normal. And that's part of, you know, our our fight or flight. That's part yeah. of like what stops us from getting into dangerous situations. That's, that's part of what makes me think, oh, I'm going to tackle lower, not higher because of my, you know, all those things. So you need those thoughts. But if when you're completely numb it's like you're saying you're just getting by and to me like just getting by is not good enough and yeah I, I want to totally try agree I with want, that one, yeah 100% 100% yeah and again same as you I'm not saying people shouldn't be on them because obviously some people should be on them I needed it at the time absolutely and I, need, I, and I did yeah. at the time as well <clears throat> but I, I like to think of the mind as anything it, it, it can be trained it can be yeah. updated. It can be mm-hmm. made more robust, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, when, I, when I was coming off the antidepressants, I went and did a depression awareness course. I did a mm-hmm. life coaching course. Mm-hmm. 
I did uh, the amazing Innerama course, which unfortunately is no longer with us. Mm. It's a shame because it was working and because of stupid hoops that Mr. McGregor had to go through to get it all sorted. Wow. It was mainly for um, uh, police or military veterans, mm. et cetera, et cetera. But they wanted to introduce it into serving soldiers and serving police. Mm. But because it's not 100% effective, because obviously nothing is yeah. in terms of mental health, they were like, we can't sign off on this. Mm. And it is proven to work. I've been on the course. Yeah. And I went from being reliant on antidepressants to no longer using them and functioning yeah. quite well. If I start to have a slip, I know exactly what to do. I use the techniques yeah. with, with my daughter. One of them is the uh, perfect day method, which I've spoke about on this loads of times. Mm. So, similar to your uh, million pounds on the thing. Yeah. Your perfect day. It's what time do you wake up? And a lot of people go into the, well, I probably should get up at eight. Yeah. Like, no, it's your perfect day. Why yeah. Are you, why are you describing? What do you fancy doing? Yeah. Like, you could get up at 11 <laughs> if you want yeah definitely um, not and, and, not and so on and so forth what do you have for breakfast mm -hmm. what what you then do is like your first activity you mm -hmm. yourself might be a massive rugby match at <laughs> wherever the home pitches that you are at I don't know well um, yeah probably Twickenham <laughs> there's a good point so Twickenham yeah but uh, Irish I know <laughs> <laughs> But I don't live in Ireland, unfortunately. So, <laughs> I'm so actually where... going to Ireland in a couple of weeks, though, for the oh, women's that's cool. that's game cool. as well. So How did cool. that come about then? So, so did, my mum's side. To, sorry, do you have to declare what nationality you are, or did they, or did they yeah. look on a list and go, right, Amy Humphreys has got mum or granddad <laughs> who's Irish. We're going to tap her up. No, so um, how I've it always worked, wondered this because I was never yeah, that so... good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no basically obviously I've played for a long time and two of the girls that I play with currently um I saw that they were training with the Ireland squad and I just spoke to them and I just said that's amazing like my mum's Irish and my mum's side of the family are Irish I would love to like get involved and I do I'm a big advocate for like if you don't ask you don't get oh, and yeah, of course. like most of the things that I've done with rugby is because I put myself out there and I've just said this is an opportunity I'd love to have like how can I get involved and I do I do that with a lot of situations really I'm very forward and I'm very to the point and I will just ask and so I emailed forward the in life as said, in as and also as a position as well yeah exactly <laughs> so um yeah so I just emailed um John who's the coach and I just said like I play with these other two players and um I know you're like in the process of sorting new teams out and stuff I'd love to like for you to see me play basically yeah. so so yeah basically that's how it come about and then the I sent through like the passports and all of that to show I was eligible um and then yeah went to the training camp for it was kind of like a trial as such yeah, yeah. so it was the training camp but it was all fitness testing which isn't my favorite thing in the world <laughs> Uh, but who loves fitness? I mean, there are a few people that love it, but they're, they're crazy. Um, so, yeah, we had to do our Bronco test. We had to do what's called like a RAST test, which is like a sprinting test. Yeah, yeah. We did a few like 
strength things like def- deadlifts and all of that. A bit, it's a bit um, like the uh, NFL combine, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> with, with all but, the different, like, what's your 40 meter sprint time? What's your maximum? Yeah. And they need like a base level, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they have something to work on and improve on for your next time. So we did that. And I was quite happy with how I got on. Um, even though I had an injury at the time. So I was doing all of that on an injury, which I can talk about in a minute as well. But yeah, so um, I did all of that whilst I was injured. I still just, I just did it because I was like, this is an opportunity. I need to just get this done. And then afterwards, um, they just basically said, we need to like narrow down the squad and we're going to pick a fluid training squad, which would be like the official squad. And then for games, we will obviously pick from this squad so I was obviously just waiting nervously and then I just got added to the group and I saw my name announced on the sheet and and I was just like wow this is insane and this just come from me being like feeling. Hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah like and I do I still think it's not going to sink in until I have my first like international cap because yeah. once I've played a game then I can feel like okay this like I've actually done it um so we've got a couple of training camps coming up in April and one in May and then hopefully our first game will be in June um so and then there is also a World Cup as well so we'll see how much I get to be involved in but yeah I'm just excited to be considered at that level I'm happy already (laughs) brilliant considering like you just said it came from you just putting yourself out there saying look yep I'm eligible come and see me play me play, yeah. I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. And the I one did a thing I've always admired about well. the island setup is the fact that it is both Republic and Northern Irish. Yeah. Because which you, is controversial. Which is controversial. <laughs> <for some people. laughs> yeah, obviously it always is, isn't it? With with yeah. Ireland as as a as a touchy subject. <laughs> um because obviously it doesn't do that with any well well we we'll use football again as an example. It doesn't do that. It's no. Republic of Ireland or Northern Ireland, and it because mm. for, for for ages I didn't even realise until I it, and obviously growing up watching the Six Nations and you're like because I'm pretty sure didn't they originally start by singing both national anthems and then it was combined into this and new they just had the one yeah because there is a bit when I I did a TikTok um on the Irish national anthem Ooh, and there's TikTok. a few comments. Yeah, there's a few comments on there that were like, this isn't the original, this isn't the, yeah. the right one. Um, and yeah, but I do think that it's good that it's com- combined and it's just it's just Ireland. Um, and if anything, it's more of an achievement <laughs> if you're yeah. getting it uh, in yeah, that yeah. way. So, yeah. Um, it, it, considering the history of Ireland, to have something that they can both... Yeah sing and shout about and neck a load of guinness yeah or drink <laughs> irish thing, whiskey or, or or whatever yeah it, it's got to be it's good it's good um yeah for me okay. technically i could have technically represented ireland uh my, who's, my, who's irish? my granddad is irish or was irish should i say he passed away yeah. before i was born well i mm. i had a concoction that i was going to play for well i say concoction i could have played for england wales or ireland yeah, um, I always said to my mum, and I've said this before, I had a uh, Reese Thomas on, who's a former Welsh international rugby player. And this is the, the God's honest truth. Even though I do support England in all internationals, whether it's 
rugby, football, athletics or whatever. It's always yeah. England. I always give my mum shit if England beat Wales. <laughs> but I've yeah. always said rugby, if I was good enough to make it as a rugby player, I would have played for Wales. Just because oh, wow. of just because of the passion that they have for mm. for rugby as a yeah. as a national sport. As much as I saw a documentary where it shows how much they actually threw them under the bus for a, a good number of years because mm. they weren't performing. <coughs> oh, yeah. Could say the same about this Six Nations, but... Oh, I mean... I mean, Yeah, France what? had it, didn't they? France, yeah, that I annoys mean, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very happy for Italy because that is yeah. such an amazing, like, after seven years of not, um, you know, beating them, I just think that's incredible. And the passion, I think that's where the rugby community really comes to light because you can yeah. just see all the nations just being so happy for them. That's, and that's the one passion thing on that I love about rugby. Yeah, 100% is that the community. Because you can, for, for example, you can mix the fans. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do that. And you're not going to get, <laughs> you, you, you score a try and they're just like, oh, fucking good try yeah. that was, bud. Yeah. Like, oh, no. And then the yeah. same back. Like, my mum gets super passionate when she watches rugby. Does she know what's going on? Does she fuck? She just likes <laughs> she just likes big, burly men running around in tiny shorts, is what she yeah, does. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad view, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, she, she's so passionate, and she gives it all. She gives it all. I remember back, at, back when I lived at home, she used to turn the national anthem up, like, full. Yeah. But then she would, like, put it really low for the other nations yeah but (laughs) yeah I totally agree in in terms of Italy that was that fucking try that that, I don't I don't I don't I can't pretend that I know any of the names anymore pronouncing them as well and then obviously the conversion really sealed the deal didn't it so um yeah it was a lot of pressure on on them to do that Um, but what a moment in history for Italy and it's absolutely amazing does the women's six nation does that coincide with the men's six nations as well so actually not um as much usually sometimes it it does but it's starting next week so I think there will be a slight overlap and then it will just be the women's six nations. So ah, but yeah, really excited about that. Very excited for that to start. And, you know, of course it's, it's, I've been a lot more involved um, this year than ever because of TikTok has sponsored the six nations for four years. So they've done a four year sponsorship with the official six nations. Um, and obviously where TikTok has built a lot of a platform for me and I'm sort of known for that rugby with Amy um that has really benefited me the fact that you know two years ago I started this rugby TikTok in lockdown um just out of pure boredom because what else were we doing whilst we're at home and then you know it just grew and grew um but in the last six months I've like doubled the amount of like followers and everything because just because the TikTok you know sponsored the Six Nations and See, that's, that's what just I like. led to so many opportunities. It's incredible. So that sort of stuff is what I like because you're actually doing something with it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I've I've said to my my kids so many times and and the amount of people I've said it to as well. I hate people trying to get famous for being shit. Yeah. <laughs> like doing a stupid dance for 30 seconds yeah winds me the fuck up 
Yeah. My daughter randomly starts dancing in the living room for no reason. I'm like, what are you doing? You're having a conversation. She's like, oh, sorry, yeah. Dad. I mean, if you the can pun, it's make like a, a difference. Yeah, she'll get you involved in it next oh, time. Never oh no, she's she's already viral. got her she's got her uncle involved. She's got her uncle involved <laughs> over Christmas. Oh, it's all good funny. fun. Yeah. No, but props. Uh, <laughs> Here's another pun for you. Props to you for that. Um, props. <laughs> oh, there's so many rugby puns we could go on. <laughs> we could. We could. It's a good try, though. It's a very good try. <laughs> you fucking living the dream. <laughs> nah, but. To be fair, so so in terms of actual rugby itself, position-wise, you're you're a forward. Yeah, um, so I was never a forward before. Um, so yeah, the last year and a half I've been a forward, but actually since I was younger, I was always outside centre, and now I'm second row. So I've moved in. Yeah, <laughs> I, growing up, um, like I said, I was quite, I was quite, I was a lot slimmer than I am now. Um, was a, I was, I was a winger because <laughs> I was, I was very fast yeah. but I was a back that identified as a forward so any yeah. excuse to get in the mixer in the tackle, when I yeah. first when I first started playing because I was small and I had good hands I was a I was a fly uh, a scrum half yeah um my old man had always told told me that I should have been a fly half because of the ball skills I had from basketball. I was very good with my hands and yeah. being a football player as well, I was pretty good with my feet. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the kick in but as well. I was yeah. always, I never, in terms of rugby, like I said, it was never a sport that I thought I was going to be good, good enough for. Mm. So I never put myself out there to be the main man in terms of rugby. I was always yeah. quite happy on the wing. I had a few plays that were dedicated to me, like crash balls or they would yeah. suck, just punt the ball and go, go on, Tomo, go and get that. Go it. blind. That's a winger's favourite. If you yeah. <laughs> blind, blind side, yeah. It was either, yeah. I was always either quick blind side, fucking off, or it was crash ball, where yeah. I was literally on the shoulder of the fly half and he would just pop me the ball yeah. and I'd just go straight in. Yeah. At first, like a numpty. <laughs> but as I got, uh, as I joined the military and I played for the station a couple of times and for the squadron and whatnot, because I got bigger, I actually became a forward, which was perfect for me. Like, um, but f- stupidly, they always put me as like um, inside or outside flanker. Inside or outside flanker? That's not the fucking <laughs> position. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, a, I was a, a, a flanker, and I was like, I'm too short. I was like. Why don't you just put me in the front row? They're like, no, no, you, <laughs> you, you could tackle well. You, you should be out yeah. onto. You're quick. You tackle well. You get out be there. Able to chip out. Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm too small. Like, <laughs> I'm big. Not well. Now I'm big, but I was like, I'm too small. You need to like, either put me in the pack or put me, put me as a center. I don't care. I'm not yeah, a flanker yeah. though. But <laughs> it worked. It worked in the end. <clears throat> yeah, I quite like flanker. I think that's a good position because. I feel like it's a little bit of a mix um, yeah. as, as the backs and the forwards. So you kind of get the best of both. You get the ball a lot. Um, you're able to still like crash and carry. And also you're kind of the first out of a, a scrum. So I find that position's quite fun. And I like yeah, that. Yeah. And I think I, 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 I love that. I loved all that. Yeah. Uh, well, but I also loved I landed a big second hit. row. <laughs> I also loved a big hit. Like either. Yeah. 
this <laughs> this sounds wrong. Either taking or giving a big hit. Yeah. I didn't I yeah. didn't mind it. As long as it was a, a legal tackle. Yeah. Like, I was always putting my body first. And then yeah, I, I shouldn't have done that. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think like for me, I'm like I've always been quite fearless. And that's something that I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So like as a kid and things, I'd always want to be just like doing the crazy stuff and like my parents had a bit of a nightmare but there we go but I was yeah like that adrenaline junkie and I think with with me like rugby that's that you get that thrill but there isn't another sport that makes me work at the work rate that I would put into a rugby match because there's that element of if I don't work hard and if I don't you know do yeah, this yeah. then there's the potential it's, that it's you know one of those team sports and, as well yeah. it's one of those team sports where you can't hide no no because you have you have to be doing something. There's whether, a role for everyone. And yeah, whether every you're in whether you're in a ruck or a mall, or yeah. you're out on the backs. Yeah. Because even out on the backs, you're gonna have to put a tackle in at some point. You're gonna have to exactly do some. And you know you need to you know even in defence it's important you know and yeah. and there's there's a role for everyone. I think I talk about this a lot like with rugby. Um, is it is one of those sports where you don't have to come already like perfect size and trained and like no, you know no, you're right, that yeah. good fitness thing like you can literally come as you are and there's a perfect position for you and I think that's what I love about it is it you feel very accepted straight away and that body confidence that it gives you because there's benefits to being bigger and there's benefits yeah, to yeah. being small and there's that's benefits what, to being fast. It's going to be a huge so, a huge yeah. advantage especially in the women's game like in the men's game usually or back in well back in, makes me sound even older mm. now Back my in my day, day <laughs> like the props were a bit fatter, you might say. Yeah, a bit yeah. Bigger, but to help with the pushing of the scrum. It was still fit, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Fucking oh, still yeah. run for 80 minutes. They're very fit, and I don't know, yeah, they could... Uh, you you could always that. tell the front row from, like, the back row yeah. to yeah. the backs and things like that. But, yeah, especially with women, because you've got... You can get bigger girls now that can go, right, I, I could make a difference in this team. And it this gets you it. active. Exactly. Yeah, I just think and everything there starts at grassroots. Negatives <laughs> for me. Yeah, it's there's a lot of yeah, positives. You're right. You're right. So. There's very few negatives because everybody is so in the rugby community is a gent a gentleman sport or a lady sport now as well. <laughs> lady sport now. It's, yeah. it's a it's a, a gentleman sport played by thugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which is which is brilliant. It's a brilliant way to describe it because you can kill each other for eighty minutes. The whistle blows, you shake each other's hands, you give it a guard of honour and you go in the pub. Yeah, and the thing I like about it is, like, you will get help, like, if you've been tackled, like, someone will help you up. People can just shrug you and pull you around, put you in places. No one's annoyed about that. People can shout at me on the pitch, like, move out the fucking way or get yeah, back. Yeah. And I'm just like, cool, tell me what to do. Like, that's fine. But, you know, in other sports, like, that would be, that would be, cause a bit of aggro. And also, I do think the one fear a lot of people have towards playing rugby is the injuries side of things and I think that is something that um prevents people joining in but I think there is so much more happening now that to to help people and protect people in the yeah, sport yeah, like course, yeah. people are going on um like all the coaches and all the clubs having to go on courses on like concussion and things like that now that was, that was a big one concussion yeah 
big thing that that you know because rugby actually hasn't been going for long like that no, many no. years it ha- no, actually is right. quite a new sport really when you think back to how far sports go like rugby is one of the newer sports so a lot of the research that come out is still you know it is kind of new so the concussion was a massive part of that and I'd I'd suffered with concussion that got me to hospital and I had to have three months off and things like that and yeah, it is it, a big part of that shows yeah. the the difference from back when I played properly I say properly when I, when I was at secondary school we it was literally every weekend and we it was sometimes you'd have mid week games as well yeah I'm a, I had a concussion in in two games I remember and I was back training on the Monday ready to yeah. go um, even back it would have been an anniversary, I think it was the 50 year anniversary of our school's rugby team. Like I said, it was a big thing. Mm. And um, we played in the game, and I remember I was playing my brother's year. So it was my school year versus my brother's school year. And it, mm. in terms of the actual years, we were both very similar. We both won the Anglo Welsh Cup. We both mm. got to the semi final of the Midlands Cup, which was annoying because mm. we should have fucking got to the final. I would have been playing. Yeah. It <laughs> But I remember playing in that game and I went into a ruck, but like an idiot, like an idiot back, I went in basically fucking head first mm. and hit somebody else's head as I went yeah. in and came back out. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah <laughs> but again, away. like an idiot, carried on playing. Well, I think there's like a rugby mentality that is still prominent now, which is a bit of a stereotype people are trying to break. And it is that yeah we know it's a sometimes a, a rough sport or a tough sport but actually it's taking the time to recover properly is really yes. important because I think people get like knocked over and because it's such a rough sport they're expected to just get up and carry on but now there's more there's more like you know knowledge around you yeah, know, yeah. concussions and things like that it, people are saying no such, stay a, down, such a progression time. from in terms of injuries and recovery because yeah. even back when I was uh, at uh, college doing sports science. The mm. evolution of recovery and how important it is, ice baths, mm. saunas, whatever it is, to actually recover your muscles from the, the game. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just... Just it's, as important as training, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. And spe- especially with likes of head injuries, that that is one big thing. But yeah. I, <laughs> I've always said, especially to anybody that really wants to listen to me talk about my school years of being, <laughs> a, being a rugby player it felt like I was a pro because that's how important <laughs> rugby was at my school I've, oh, I've even it, got my yeah. first team jerseys it, it's is in here oh that's so good love um, that but uh where was I going with that oh yeah that was it I had more injuries in uh basketball than mm. I ever did playing rugby well, that's it. Yeah, there's a risk element to every sport, really, but not even every sport, there's a risk element in life. Oh, and yeah, actually, you can live with the mentality of like, what if, what if, what if? But actually, you know, time is precious. And I just think like you need that, to live that, in the that moment. That goes back to the, the anxiety thing. What if yeah. I can't play? Because yeah. what if I get a bad tackle? Well, what this if is somebody close eyes like, me? Yeah. So I remember watching my brother play um, for the first team. And he, my brother, a bit like me, we played on the same, we played on the same wing, basically. Mm. Um, he was, he's probably faster than I was. Um, he's not as big as me, because I'm massive. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I remember watching him. He had the ball and he must have gone for about 50 metres full pace. And this lad has just gone, well, I'm not going to catch him properly. And he clotheslined him. And I remember him clotheslining my brother. He spun round, fucking landed. Didn't look good. Carried on playing. And then he got, he ended up having to go to hospital. And he was in a neck brace for fucking like weeks. And I was like, wow, that's, that's mad. I'm going to carry yeah. on playing, though, because that might not happen to me. That was my <laughs> yeah. end. I'll be all right. Um, yeah. I do think, yeah, you have to be, like, wise. And something that I'm not very good at is... Oh, no, like, you said you said you relaxing. had an injury and you went you went to the Ireland yeah, trials with so an injury. That's, that's not a good example. I'm not... So, I, like... <laughs> so for me... Yeah, so for me... Do what I say, escape, not as I do. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, rugby's my escape and... Um, like you say, mental health, something you have to continuously work at. And I'll put my hands up and say, if I don't play rugby, I struggle with my yeah. mental health. And um, I'm still, you know, still working through anxieties and things like that. But I'm trying to do it just through what I, I know I can do rather than anything else. But um, yeah, I just say, you know, you do have to, to think about the recovery side of things and actually try and take your time because, you have like that fear of, oh, I might miss this game and I might yeah. miss this, but actually you could be out for longer and so forth. So there is there is that side of things that, you know, listening to your body and properly relaxing, but it's harder. It's hard to say when, because yeah. for me, if like if I'm injured and then I know I have to have like 10 weeks off, I'm like, wow, what am I going to do without playing rugby? Like I need to be able to think, about like mental health so I end up going to training and just sort of being there to say hi to everyone yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'm that, like oh that's I a good thing it's a good and thing then, though because oh, it's played, so. yeah what what you started there is even if you're not training because you're injured that's one thing that I was shit at as well I still am yeah. I get injured I'll go oh, I'll just play yeah. I'll play through it I've, yeah. I've basically got no ligaments left in my ankles from, yeah, through basketball and through a hereditary thing that my dad has as well. Mm. I roll my ankles walking down the walking down the road, even if yeah. it's flat. Um, but the amount of times that I roll my ankles really badly hurt myself and just go, well, I'll just put a bit of strap on it and I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, you idiot. My injury you should, you as well. Give yourself six to eight weeks to probably re- recover properly, yeah. but didn't want to do that because, like yourself, any type of sport when I was growing up, that was my outlet. That was my passion. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah what, you, what you've done there, well. in terms of your mental health, you've gone to your community, which is also yeah. probably a therapy in itself. Even if you're not talking, oh, I feel a bit shit today. You're mm. still talking, and you're in that yeah. special type of loop where you're in, and you're surrounded by like-minded people that you want to be surrounded by. Mm. And I bet every time you, if you knew not training, you're just yeah. there. You've watched practice. You're having, you're with the, with the ladies. Yeah, you're having a good absolutely. chat. You're having a bit of banter, and you could probably go home and go, oh, "I fucking feel good now. I want to play, yeah. but I feel good." Yeah, but I feel good. Exactly. No, that that community definitely brings that element, and that keeps you. And people do check in on you. They text you. Oh, I've mm-hmm. seen you for a couple of weeks, and there is that element to it. And also, I find like that TikTok side of things, like the TikTok community, is like if you know you've got your rugby community at your club but tiktok's got millions of people you can reach and millions of rugby players that you know you were to post like i posted that um thing with loose heads about my mental health and the amount of people that, that just post, got in touch 
oh thank you yeah the amount of people that got in touch and was like I've felt like that as well I've experienced this as well and and for me as well that helps me knowing that I'm actually making a difference and and people are starting to talk to me about their you know problems or um, challenges that they're having and so the community now thanks to social media has expanded and multiplied the annoying thing is with social media though is it it can be a double-edged sword Absolutely, is the the pain in the ass with it but in terms of community and support fucking brilliant yeah um and there's going to be trolls out there all the time and people that comment and things like that but ultimately i just think like there's someone behind that screen and if i was to meet them in person they wouldn't say the conversation would be very different it would be and actually you start to think this is a them problem, not a me yep. problem. And, and that's how you They're, they're probably problem. struggling in their own way and that's their way of getting it out. Yeah. Like, um, I heard a quote last night from the UFC. And I believe it's a quote from Game of Thrones. I don't know who <laughs> said it in Game of Thrones because I'm that one person that hasn't seen it. I don't um, like that. Unpopular opinion, never yeah. seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, there we go. We're, we are literally the same person. There we go. Um, but it's uh, lions don't concern themselves with opinions of sheep. So there we are. Yeah, exactly yourself. that. Because I had one the other day um, that popped up. I wrote a book and it's uh, got mixed reviews from people that I served with in the military. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of them said that I've made a lot of stuff up when I haven't. And it's also been confirmed by a lot of people that I have served with. But mm. certain people that I also serve with said that it's not. And it's like, cool. I know what happened. Yeah. Just if you don't like it, just don't read it. Yeah. Um, but somebody yeah. put a comment on a put a comment on the post I put out about it because the book's a year old now and he's put this comment. He's also made up a little uh book review thing, which why have you got the time to do that? I'm not exactly Joe that. Rogan. <laughs> It's a compliment, really. Someone's but willing he, he's to put this, much time. He's put like something like, I wouldn't even bother reading the parts about Afghanistan. It's like, why have you felt the need to put that? So just, mm-hmm. I'm just going to delete that. And now you're blocked. So congratulations. Yeah, I've got no um, time for that. Absolutely. But also, thanks for giving me a comment. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's I it. Always, you know, I always thought you were a sheep. My views. Yeah, I always <laughs> yeah. thought you were a sheep. Um, during my time in the military because you followed everybody else mm. um, but good for you the, the yeah. military is a bit like school by the way so you get the popular yeah. kids and yeah. a lot of people will go with them and if you're not part of the popular kids they kind of shun you a little bit Yeah. Um, but also don't care anymore I used to I used to it really affect me really badly to the point where mm. I got in very, very dark places. Um, that I'm not af- afraid to admit. I got into places where I was like, well, I just can't be bothered anymore. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Um, mm. Thankfully, I never did because it would have left my two girls without a dad, would have left my wife without a husband, my brother yeah. without his brother, um, parents without their Those son, things that et- you would have missed. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got through these negative comments, through my own personal uh, issues that I was going through. I got, I was in a very dark place. I was very negative on myself. I look look at myself in the mirror and think, well, what are you? What's the point of you? Yeah. Um, I've literally been exactly like that. I, I, I would literally look at myself and go, well, your daughters are not 
proud of what you're doing. You're a mistake. Yeah, and I'll the, be saying the that to myself. That we can make up and the oh, lies yeah. we can tell ourselves uh, are unreal. When we would never ever dream of ever talking to anyone else like the way we talk to ourselves. No, no. Um, and yeah, I used to have practice going to the mirror and complimenting myself on saying something good that I've achieved. And it's difficult. It's actually difficult to find the words. <laughs> I, I, I do it now. I look because I've, I've gained quite a bit of weight since the lockdown started. I, I, who hasn't I, been who, who didn't? Who didn't? <laughs> um, I managed to lose a little bit because I did a charity football match that I organised uh, for a military charity, Rock to Recovery. Um nice. So I lost a little bit, but then I put a little bit back on because I'm also now 35. It's I'm nice. to the point where I'm like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> um, but occasionally I, I look at myself and I'm like, oh, you fat fuck. <laughs> you are, what has, happened, what has happened to you? Um, <laughs> where did it all go wrong? <laughs> but they're not, and it would be, my worst thing would be like scrolling back through my phone photos and I've got oh, a couple God, that are saved that. from when I did uh, the white collar boxing. And I literally mm. went into full fight camp. I ended up with a proper six pack. I was ripped. I was ready to go. I was looking at it going, that's what you look like. Now mm. look at you. But then mm. my wife always says, she goes, I don't, I actually prefer you a little bit bigger. I'm like, oh, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also I start to look at pictures of myself back then. And I ask myself, were you happy? And actually mm. I wasn't. I really wasn't happy before and you know it's got its perks I've become a second row and actually my rugby career has flourished since I've become a forward so it's all has its meaning but yeah I look back at pictures I'm like oh god like you were not happy back then and stuff and also I'm like that was me and that was me a few years ago and part of growing up and becoming a woman and not a child anymore is that you're going to look different and you have to start just being like yeah, being this harsh, and I also think about all the crazy shit going on in the world right now. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure people don't care if you're a size up or low when it comes to the crunch time. And we don't know what's going to happen in this world anymore. Well, I'm Do telling we you really now, care about what we look I'm, like. I'm, what I'm, size strong, we are? I'm stronger than a few. I'm faster than a few. So if a zombie apocalypse happens, I'll be all right for a bit. Yeah, um. I feel like I'd make it to the point, <laughs> and then I'd probably be like, "I'm gonna jo- if you can't beat him, join them." <laughs> yeah but there we are I know so I just think nothing's guaranteed like do you want to spend your time like being miserable and obsessed with trying to achieve something that you once was or do you want to actually accept your life now love yourself who you are and start showing yourself some kindness like Mm. wow kindness goes a long way and we can show other people but we forget about it ourselves like exactly my job is in healthcare and I look after people all the time and I'm amazing at looking after people but if I have to give myself any sort of self-care or anything like yeah. that, I'm like, what? what's the point? Why am I doing it? Who am I doing it yeah, for? Yeah. Not worth my, it. So, yeah. My wife is exactly the same as that. Um, she is the first person that people phone if they're struggling yeah. or upset. She always neglects herself. And I've t- yeah. The amount of times I've told her, I went, you need to just chill out a little bit yeah. and have some you time yeah it's little things like she does have a little bit of ocd in terms of the house our house looks like a fucking show home all the time she's constantly <laughs> wow. cleaning it. but You've won i'll there, be really. <laughs> I'll, I, I don't mind it but if i'm off and i've like not cleaned something it's like the end of the world and I'm fine. oh yeah <laughs> but I, I just take that as it's a bit of banter now really yeah <laughs> 
But if I'm at work and she's texting me, or I send her a text saying, how's your day going? She goes, oh, I'm not motivated. I haven't done anything. I've just sat on the couch. I'm like, well, just fucking chill out then. Have yeah. a nap. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine to not do anything. And that's fine to not have done a massive thing on your to-do list and, and have those days where you're just, actually, I've not got any plans tonight. So I don't need to fill my time yeah. and fill things. Because actually, that's by filling your time, is. you're just it, you're avoiding your yourself. Yeah. yeah, you're avoiding yourself otherwise, and you need to be comfortable in your own company. And that's something that I'm definitely learning, but yeah. something that I'm seeing the value in, like when you spend time just being like, because I am such a busy body, like I've always got plans and I'm always going somewhere and I'm always doing something. Um, and then if I'm on my own and I've got nothing to do, I'm like, oh, like I feel like this is weird. And actually, I'm trying to get more comfortable with just being on my own and being like not having plans or not thinking of the next thing and just being like what do you fancy doing right now you know and trying to be more in that moment yeah. and I think that again is like you know you wouldn't neglect our physical health like that why are we starting to yeah, exactly. neglect our mental exactly. health and you know seeing all... ourselves like we need to look after yeah, our not all injuries well. are external some of them are internal Absolutely. and yeah that's one thing that I've I've said to my daughter again I like to use her as an example <laughs> she'll look back on this one day and go dad why do you keep talking about me because <laughs> you're a pain in my bum that's what yeah now, um, but one thing I always tell her and it's one way that I deal with my anxiety is that obviously anxiety is in the future you're thinking about the future future hasn't happened yet you can't control what's going to happen over there so stop stop thinking about it stop worrying about yeah. it think about what's yeah. happening now that's literally spot on like I I tell myself like what so for example I was going to meet a friend for dinner and I started having thoughts about me having a panic attack at the table and then I started thinking how embarrassing like you're you've got to tell her like oh I've just got to like, go to the loo and then what if you when you get to the loo you can't physically bring yourself to sit back down mm. at the table and then you're going to have to say oh I've got to leave and then you might have to lie and make up an excuse and before like, I was going through this in my head and then this scenario hadn't even happened but it was like yeah oh, you've made the scenario you know? happen and then I actually started um doing like mindfulness and then like part of the mindfulness was like think about the thing that's making you anxious and I was like right going for dinner with my friend because I'm anxious because I feel like I'm going to be feel claustrophobic and trapped and all of that and then it was like okay now think of the same situation but without the story that you're telling yourself about it yeah. because that's not happened yet and then I was like okay it's just I'm going all the facts are I'm going to this restaurant I'm going for a meal that's all I can say. And that's all we know because we don't know what's going yeah, exactly. on. So we can't do it. So actually stripping it back, like this is all I know, right? I have a rugby match at this time. I'm going to drive there at this time. And that's all I know. Like you don't know how the match is going to go. You don't know if you're going to have a successful time. You know if you're going to get injured, but all you know is that this is what it is. And mm -hmm. focus on the facts rather than the story that you're telling yourself about the situation that's not happened yet. Exactly. You know? Right, before I take up any more of your time because you said an hour and we've definitely been yeah. an hour. We probably could we could probably go to full Joe Rogan, but not yeah. today. Not today. We'll do that for a part two. Um, yeah, part two. Um me and my brother have, have both said this now. When we've played any type of sport at any level, we've mm -hmm. always had our own little superstitions. 
for example, when I play basketball, I used to always have to have a, a sweatband on my right arm. I had to wear number eight. If I didn't wear number eight, I, I didn't think I was going to play well. Um, yeah. <laughs> little things like I'd have to touch the court as I go on to it. Um, yeah. And then football was always <laughs> silly things. I'd have to have like a little bit of tape on my left at wrist. <laughs> weird little things and if I didn't yeah. have it it's like oh, I'm not going to play well play well <laughs> rugby I had to have short sleeves so my my school rugby team always long big long sleeves heavy jersey back in the day yeah. so I'd have to roll them up and I would always yeah. wear short socks <laughs> like I wouldn't yeah. I would never I would always get bollockings because we'd have to have, like, we'd, all have, we'd always have to look the same yeah like from Tomo on the end who didn't have his socks rolled up yeah. Do that again, you'll get a demerit or a detention. It's like, well, no, I'm just going to not do it. Um, yeah. But little things like that. Do, do you have any random superstitions when you play? <laughs> That's such a good question. Um, I don't think, for me now, I can't play without my scrum cap. And that's not necessarily a superstition, but that's something that if I didn't have it, I would be really conscious about it. I'd probably not play as well. Um yeah, there's nothing particularly like that, I'd say. But I, um, yeah, I always have to have that. I, I started wearing like these knee pads when I got a knee injury. But for me, like people say strapping don't, doesn't do much, but I have to have my ankles strapped. Like I have to have them yeah, strapped. Oh, that's a, that's I'd rather thing, not yeah. play than have them, you know. So that's something that like if that didn't happen, I would be like, well, just not going to not going to play but yeah it's nothing like superstitious as such so but yeah I might like it's a, it's a strange, keep an eye it's on a myself strange thing. to see if there's yeah. anything I do <laughs> it's a strange thing like yeah it's I was me and my brother my brother has to do everything right side first so his <laughs> right boot right shin pad right sock right leg and his short and then yeah. the other legs but then he would always he wouldn't wear his shirt until he walked onto the foot. This is football. He yeah. A bit like Paul Ince used to do. So he wouldn't yeah. wear the shirt until he walked onto the pit. It was weird. He's a weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so silly though, when you think about it. It's fun. No, it's all, it's all around like routine though, because I think to be fair, it all probably links back to like being in the right mindset and we create mm. something that we think means that that's going to happen. But actually, yeah, the right socks or doing things the other way around is nothing to do with that. But if that's what settles our brain, sometimes that's what it is, you know. Um, but the yeah, of times, the amount of times I'm not a very superstitious person. So the amount of times at basketball that I'd get to my kit bag and I'd be like, oh, I haven't packed my fucking sweatband. Yeah, and I'd have to speak to my best mate and go, "Have you got a spare one?" Yeah, but then he, but then he's the same as me. He would always wear white sweatbands. Well, I had to. Oh, I had to be. I had to wear black ones. <laughs> I was like, "Have you got a spare one?" He's like, "Yeah, but it's white." Ah, no. Oh no, I can't do it. Can't do it. I think, Mom, like, there's definitely Mom, things I have to. Have you turned up yeah. to the game yet? No. Could you bring my sweatband? Yeah. <laughs> we tip off in fifteen minutes. You might want to put your foot down. Yeah, hurry up! Like chuck <laughs> on the pitch when you're there. Yeah. No, love that. Well, I'll keep an eye on myself. Yeah. See if there's anything you let me know. You let me know. <laughs> but, dude. Genuinely, I won't take up any more of your time because it's been over an hour talking, but we are four minutes to the nine. So if we started at eight, like we said we we're going to do, 
Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's been an absolute <laughs> privilege, mate. Genuinely, I could literally Thank sit you. here and we could talk all night. I think. Yeah, we could. Genuinely, <laughs> I think we could. Um, if I stayed talking any more, I'd probably finish a bit more of the whiskey, which is not a good thing. Uh, so I got work in the morning. There um, we are. But Love genuinely, it. thank you very much for coming on, and I'd very much like you to come back on. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks for having me, and we'll do a, a part two. Um, you know, and let's see if I can get that first international cap, and I'll keep That'd be you brilliant. posted. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Perfect. Thank you very much for coming on the Grand Zero podcast. Thank you. Cheers, buddy.